Welcome to Gen Gap Cast, the podcast that takes a look at topics of the day from the generational and gender points of view. I'm Wade. I'm the dad. I'm Megan. I'm the daughter. And today's episode is on alcohol. Alcohol! Cheers. Cheers. Mead. Mead. <laughs> he just said mead. I did say mead. Mead is a wonderful thing. I was just introduced to mead this year, in fact. That must have been... Oh, I was just introduced to mead... About five minutes ago. Excellent. I see that we're uh, we're doing great things for you, Megan. We're expanding your horizons. 22. I'm legal. That's true. So let's talk about alcohol. Um, I'll start. Growing up, uh, alcohol was a sin, plain and simple. And that wasn't just because of the uh, the religion in which I grew up in or the society I grew up in, but... Uh, alcohol was definitely looked down upon um, in polite, well, in the society I grew up in. Today, I think that has changed. How do you how do you view alcohol, Meg? Well, that's a great question because I viewed it differently when I when I first started drinking at age twenty one, like a responsible adult. Wink, wink. Um, the society and everything I grew up. So let me actually. Did you have an alcohol drink before you were legal? Three months before. Three but months yes. before. Why? Why did you one either wait so long, or two, couldn't make it to twenty one? That is a very good question. One. Um, well, the reason I waited so long is because I was honestly terrified of you and mom finding out and like, the wrath of hell coming down upon me. <laughs> Even though because I, we visited the wrath of hell upon you often, right? Oh yes, often. You and you and mom were taskmasters. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the reason I guess I couldn't quote unquote wait till I was twenty one is I was invited over to a friend's house, and um, I was like, it's only three months, like. Right. Is it really that big of a deal if I have a drink now? Plus, they're playing an anime drinking game, and I couldn't say no to that, but that was also... So, peer pressure. No, I didn't feel pressure. Okay. If anything, I was... So, you're the one that made that decision. I'm the one who made the decision. I am, like... She's, like... My friend was, like, you do not have to drink. Like, do not feel like you have to. And I'm, like, this is the kind of vodka I want. I will give you the money for it. (laughs) Would it surprise you to find out that I had my first drink when I was 13 years old? Honestly, no. Like, 13 maybe, but the fact that you had a drink before you were 21 doesn't surprise me. I feel like if you wait till you're 21 to have a drink, like, you're kind of in the, like, minority. I feel like having a drink before you're 21 is kind of a stereotype and for a reason. But please, tell me about your experience at the tender age of 13. So, uh, myself and a couple of friends on the last or the uh, penultimate last day of school, um, we broke in 
to uh, one of the one of the kids' father's liquor cabinet. Uh, got a bottle of Canadian host whiskey. Oh, whiskey for your first time? Yeah, mixed with Coke. Uh, we proceeded between the three of us to empty a, I want to say a liter bottle of uh, Canadian host whiskey. I don't know that it was completely full, but it was nearly full. So not only did you have your first drink when you were 13, you got drunk for oh, the first time when you were 13. we were messed up to the point where uh, we didn't go to school that day, obviously. Well, okay. We didn't start out the day going to school. Oh. Uh, we started out the day, um, you know, there's definitely a story. So once we had, uh, the Canadian host inside of us, we decided it would be a great idea to go to school. Cause there was a dance end of year dance happening. Oh no. Oh, so no. the three of us oh, yes. staggered and I use that <laughs> word purposefully staggered from my house over to the school, went to the dance, I believe made complete fools of ourselves probably um uh and left the dance i don't recall whether it was a by our choice or we were asked to leave uh, i would suspect that if we were asked to leave that we would end up having our parents called on us um but we left the dance walked back home and uh proceeded to uh basic basically or basically pass out so were you caught? No. Never caught. For a 13-year-old, that's slick. Yeah, we were we were slick. See, there's a difference between your first time and my first time. You went out. I stayed in. Yeah, no, we we went out. We thought we, the world needed uh, to experience our drunken awesomeness. Um, now, our super producer had his first drink at age 13 as well, via a beer bong. So there were, I think, five or six beers that were uh, consumed that evening via a beer bong. So I think that, again, growing up, alcohol was definitely a sin, uh, but it was also, I think it was more taboo than it is today. And because it was more taboo, it became more attractive to, for people who wanted, like myself, who wanted to test boundaries and break rules. Yeah, so that's interesting because thinking about that and thinking about how, you know, you were probably, like, terrified if, of, like, what would happen if your dad found out or your mom. You know, that never actually crossed my mind at the time. Looking back, absolutely. But at the time, um, it was more about being bad than it was about oh crap what happens if we get caught so was the concept of the cool parent around when you were a kid so the concept of absolutely so for those of those uh, so for those that do not know what the concept of the cool parent is it's basically parents who are like well we'd rather you not do it but if you're going to we'd rather you do it at home so that we can watch you so here you can take a little so that's or that's the foregone con- let's see for me that is a that is a fallacy that is you know they're making the foregone conclusion that their child is going to drink alcohol i never had that foregone conclusion with you or your sister my foregone conclusion is that you weren't going to drink alcohol and that uh we would teach you 
that uh, there is a reason why it is a controlled substance. Uh, that at age 21, I still believe at age 21, you're not mature enough to be able to, quote, quote, handle your alcohol. I say that because I like bathtubs when I'm drunk. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> no, I, I say that because uh, I remember when I was 21 and I was drinking, uh, I was not making good decisions, right? Um, there were nights that I drove home that I had no business being on the road. Shame. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, it was one of those situations where looking back, I am incredibly lucky and grateful and blessed that I didn't hurt somebody, um, you know, and I suspect that that is still, you know, the case for a lot of 21 year olds out there. They just, they don't possess that. Not many possess that wherewithal. I would argue that it doesn't really matter. Like, yes, at 21, you're more, I'm invincible. And I'm not drunk. I'm fine. I got this. Right. But alcohol impairs. It does. That's what it does. It, so it I don't does. really think the age matters. I think it's the uh, no, level I, of drunk. I, I I agree. I also think that that yes, there's there's maybe and and again speaking from a twenty year old twenty one year old male's perspective, there's a little bit more bravado involved in that. Where it's I can handle my booze. I'm okay. I can drive. I'm okay. I got this. Now, what I would like to hear from you are thoughts of how has like Uber and Lyft changed the dynamic? Um, because again, when I was 21 years old, I could, I could either get a, a ride from a friend or call a cab. And one, most of the time, my friends were probably worse off than I was. Mm-hmm. And two, to call a cab means you have to have ready-made money in your pocket, which you at 21... You also have to be able to dial the number. Right. Well, at 21, I could not afford a cab, right? That just... Because you would spend all your money on liquor. Exactly. So with Uber and Lyft, you know, phone app, credit card, uh, you can summon somebody to come pick you up. And I will say that I have a brother-in-law that drives for both Uber and Lyft, and he um, has many stories of drunk people throwing up in his back seat. You. Yeah, not good. You might want to start carrying like those bags they have on airplanes. <laughs> Air sickness bags. If you're going to hurl, hurl in this. And um, take it with you. take it with you. You're gone. So I think that, uh, again, uh, the, the perception of alcohol has changed. Um, I think people are definitely more open about it now. Like it's not. So when you say open about it, what does what does that mean? You're they're more open because I don't think it was ever a close. I mean, alcohol. People are more accepting. Okay. I should say, like. It's not so taboo. I I have never talked about like my experiences with shame. Right. Like it's never been a. I got drunk and I oh my gosh I can't believe I did this. It was a I got drunk and I cannot believe I did this. Right. But but that is a difference, right? I mean, yeah, like it's no longer. I mean, it's still a taboo, especially in the state that we live in, which is something I want to come back to. But I definitely think that, yes, there is definitely still that don't do it. But it's no longer if if you do it, you are a bad person. You're not 
So the, this, the stigma and the shame are not, are not as strongly attached to it as they used I to be. I do not believe so. Okay. I've never felt And I would give you, I absolutely agree with you. I think that's the major change that I have seen is that, um, you know, growing up, um, I didn't know, I did not know what hard alcohol was until age 13, right? I mean, even that day when we were talking about, hey, we should get drunk, um, I thought we were going to drink beer, right? Um, I thought... Uh, you know, somebody pe- whip out a six pack and we go crazy on it. Um, and when the, the bottle of, of whiskey was produced, uh, first off, I never had whiskey. What a shock. It's not, it doesn't taste good no matter how much Coke you mix it with. Um, but two, uh, I was not prepared for the feeling of being drunk. I really, really enjoyed it, uh, to the point where, uh, you know, it's kind of scared me because I have an addictive personality and, um, that was the first and it was not the last time that I was very drunk. Um, but growing up, all I knew about was beer and there were like four beers. You had Bush, you had Budweiser, you had Coors, uh, you had, you know, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Nowadays you have literally thousands of beers, um, created by large corporations down to, you know, people brewing it out of their home. Um, so I think that, you know, alcohol definitely has become more mainstream. So we're going to take a break, but when we come back from the break, I want to talk to you about specifically the different, what's the word I'm thinking of stigmas based on the different types of alcohol. Okay. That's so great. That's a great. We are going to talk about that when we come back from the break. See you on the other side. Welcome back. So before the break, Megan, you had uh, asked that we talk about uh, the different types of alcohols and the stigmas associated with them. Yes. So to cue up the conversation, yep. I've noticed through my life that like wines and martinis and like scotch on the rocks, neat or whatever. It, is that an actual drink? The the last one was what? Scotch, Scotch, Scotch on, on the, the rocks. rocks. Yes. Neat. You're ta- talking about two different things. Uh, They're both preparations of Scotch. One is neat. One is on the rocks. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, but those are like kind of like fancy drinks. Like I feel like it's more it's like if you walk around with a bottle of wine, right. the thought isn't, oh my gosh, you're an alcoholic. The thought is, oh, something fancy is going to happen. If, <laughs> meanwhile, if you walk around... Something fancy is going to happen. Okay. Meanwhile, if you walk around with a can of Bud Light in your hand, first thought is trailer trash. So here's an interesting sub point. Wine of itself. You have... Would you like some cheese with that? Uh, well, there, there it is. So high society, right? Wine and cheese tasting. Uh, going to... Uh, Napa Valley for wine tasting, uh, you know, having a book club with the, with the ladies wine is, uh, you know, is, is present now same wine, not in a bottle, 
in a box. And, you know, you you have now stepped down, or at least in, in my perception is you've now stepped down a social class. You got wine in a box. <laughs> right. Because box wine was, was uh, you know, c- consumed in mobile home parks, right? Or... Or by my mother. Or by my, by my wife. Um, but no longer is that the case. In fact, you can find some really good wines in a box. And they've, they have, uh, the, the, the industry, the wine industry has embraced the box and actually promoted it as a much better, uh, uh, more, it, it preserves the, the wine better than the bottle does. Yes, because that cardboard is so much better than no, glass. It's, it's the bladder in which the, the wine is kept in. So it, it, it's more airtight and it keeps the wine better and it's more portable. Uh, you but can carry it in your purse. You, you had asked about um, the stigmas associated. So, you know, when you're talking about scotch and you're talking about whiskey and cognac and brandy, these are the drinks of the high society. They are the drinks of the gentleman. Exactly. Right. The, the Manhattan, the martini. These are drinks of sex in the city. Right. So, uh, you know, the ladies would get together and they'd order their cosmopolitans. Um, now, beer and wine coolers Fair. and, um, you know, uh, whiskey, some whiskeys like Jack Daniels. Those are the drinks of like the country Western, uh, folk. Right. And I just used the word folk. Yeah. That's bad. We're going to get yelled at. Um, I actually can't tell you how many country songs I listen to that mention whiskey. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's imbued within the, the culture and, you know, with hip hop, you have uh, a mixture of it all, right? Every, I mean, they're popping champagne. They're, uh, you know, they're pouring out the 40s. They're, you know, so they they cover all of the different types of alcohol within within hip hop. And some of it, though, if you notice, is is presented as high class, like I'm, you know, popping the, the or sipping on the Patron. It's it's a tequila. Oh, for some reason, I just thought of petroleum jelly. No, <laughs> that's a different episode. Uh, Patron, Patron tequila. You look confused. Tequila to me just smells like straight up acetone, so I don't understand why people want to drink it. Uh, because it um, tequila. Some, some of it's really good. I've got some at home. You that bought is some incre- tequila, and then it will tequila. Then it tequila or. Uh, Jose Cuervo is my fr- is a friend of mine. Uh, I have a question about that real quick. Sure. One of the things I distinctly remember about you telling me, when you start to drink, promise me you will not drink tequila. Yes. One, I want to ask why. Okay. Why, like, do not drink tequila, especially right. since you were just talking about how you have some tequila that you love at home. So why why can't I drink tequila? Uh, because there are different types of drunks with the different the different types of... There are different effects for the different alcohols. Oh, yes, I'm aware. So Vodka makes me cry. Tequila um, is, a, is a particularly potent uh, alcohol. It doesn't take a whole lot to get you really messed up. Um, and it's also one of those that hits you pretty hard, pretty quickly. And so two shots, I 
I'm fine five minutes later. I'm fine. I got this. <laughs> exactly. I got this. Exactly. I like where, your wall. Where you could drink, you know, wine or, you know, in my case, I can drink vodka pretty much all night long and just keep at a, at a uh, happy place, right? Without getting stupid drunk, without getting to a point where I'm going to make decisions that are probably not going to be great decisions. Um, but in my experience, tequila is one of those alcohols that makes you stupid really fast. You see, I'm a smart drunk. Hair flip. Are you? I've heard about you and some Oreo cookies. Okay, look, I bought Oreo cookies. No one wanted to eat them. It was offense on me and my family and my honor. I know, I know, I know. You were so offended that but evening. But what people did not tell you about that night was I also got mad at my friend who wanted to drink and then drove. And I was just informed by my super by the super producer that his daughter, who was there to witness this, has informed him of this night. Yes, it is. It is. Did, become... she, did he also, did she inform you of how I fell in the tub? And then was like, but I'm comfortable. I'm okay. Yeah, it's become legendary, Megan. It's become legendary. I think that was vodka mixed with champagne. Oh, that's, that is nasty. That, wow. That is nasty. See, I don't mix vodka with anything. I just take shots no. of it. And then I like chug champagne no. like there's no tomorrow because okay. I love that stuff. So anyway. for the listening audience, my daughter is not an alcoholic. Uh, only socially. <laughs> only socially. But uh, I think that. You know, with the, the 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 more prominence of alcohol in the music, the more and and alcohol has always been part of music, especially country music, uh, and some blues. I want to talk about that too. Okay. So, the South. Yes, the South. It is a very. I'm going to be very generic and very stereotypical. It is a very God-fearing place. Uh, quote unquote, very, very it religious. Is a very place. religious. Yes. One, a lot of songs yep. include God yep. and beer, yep. like within the same lines. Yeah. And yet here and where we live, you know. Well, so again. So why do you think that is? Like, do you think it's just like culture? Absolutely. Or... Well, so look at the, the, the Catholic church, right? Part of their sacrament is taking wine as the, as you know, as a stand in for the blood of Christ. So it is part of that religion. Uh, in the Jewish faith, you have wine present at Passover. Um, it's Manischewitz. Yeah. Um, you have... Kosher wine. Exactly. You have alcohol is part of the religious experience, except for, uh, we'll just say, the Mormon religion, uh, which is alcohol is outright banned, right? There is a... Um, there's a religious doctrine called the word of wisdom and it's outright banned, right? Alcohol is, is not to be partaken. And so it's great that we happen to grow up right in this specific state. Yes. Well, uh, there are some really good things about this specific state as well. Um, it is a very safe state. For those of you that can guess what state we're in, I'll give you a cookie. (laughs) I'm sure we just gave it away, but, um, and the, we've also probably stated before where I we think are, so. but I'm going to like, cause I want to loop back around to, we kind of got off track when it came to the stigma. Right. So why do you think certain alcohols are seen as more okay, but other alcohols are your trailer trash? Well, I think it's, again, it goes back to, um, what society says is 
acceptable and not acceptable not not necessarily acceptable but it, it's it's the the cast system right what is look at a gq magazine and what's there you've got our you know advertising. what are magazines i only know online magazines okay look online magazines you have advertisements for patron or cristal or uh gray goose or and the men are usually always wearing suits yes exactly right so there is this perception of class there's this perception of wealth the perception of success and so if you drink cristal it means you're successful if you drink uh thunderbird 2020 you may or may not be homeless right i mean and but they're both alcohols it's just who who drinks what and so where you have a a cultural uh, attachment to beer with country western music there is a persona that gets created right you think pbr what comes to mind paps paps blue ribbon the right answer is hipster right because that's the hipster beer oh or if I you don't think do beer so i don't okay, know that's that's probably good because i know a lot about moonshine Tell me what you know about moonshine. You drink it, you're going to get fucked up. <laughs> and there's the explicit tag. <laughs> um, Sorry, moon- you're going to get beeped up. Moonshine. Uh, Isn't that like almost 100%? It's, it's grain alcohol. And yeah, it's very high content, very high, like almost exclusively alcohol. And if in the preparation of it, if you don't do it right, it will blind you. So that's terrifying. Maybe that's why Kylie wouldn't let me have it. Kylie had moonshine. No, we were at oh. a uh, liquor store and I saw moonshine and I'd heard about it so much okay. in country songs. That's, that I wanted to drink it. And Kylie was like, you gonna, do no, not. No, that's going to be safe because, you know, what I'm talking she about. She also is, said I wouldn't like the taste of it in which I take that as a challenge. But anyway, continue. So what kind of alcohols do you and your friends drink? That's a very good question because I have a friend who, like you, loves like the I call them the clear liquors, the cores, whatever. Okay. Like tequila and stuff like that. Clear or queer? Clear. Okay. I mean, he is a queer, but. <laughs> Either one works then. Yeah, he, he is okay with that. I introduce him as the gay sometimes. He he enjoys it. I'm not being. Yeah. Anyway, so it, what I classify that is if you can hold a bottle and see through it. Right. So vodka. It, those to me seem more dangerous because and I don't know why. I just feel like they're more pure because there's like no colors or additives. Also showing you how much I know about alcohol. But me and super producer's eldest, like second eldest daughter, who's also my best friend, we, I, no, she's 21. We, <laughs> we very much enjoy like the fruity drinks, like the, you can't really tell that you're drinking alcohol. Right. Like, cause so I don't necessarily- cocktails. No, like no? I like white wines oh, okay. and I like champagne. So something that's sweeter. Something that's sweeter. And Got you can it. tell that there's alcohol, but it doesn't like hit you. Right. doesn't like, burn. You don't get the burn. Although I do love vodka. So. But if you get the right vodka, it doesn't burn either. No. Karma vodka. Yeah. Smirnoff's karma vodka. Endorsed by Megan. Endorsed by Megan. Great. We're not endorsing any so alcohol in this podcast. I'm going to ask that question back to you. Yes. And I, I wonder if the kind of alcohols that we like and that we drink are in a way influenced by the world we were raised in um, because I was very much raised in the world of the party drink. Right. You went to a party, you had a drink in your head. Right. There like have you heard of jungle juice? Oh yes. Was that a thing back when you were yes, a kid? Yes it was, absolutely. Usually made in garbage cans. 
That sounds unsanitary. No, it's brand. You go buy a brand new garbage can. You wash it out. You make it in there. Plus, there's enough alcohol content that it killed anything that was, you know. Any- True, but the floaties. Anyway, anyway, like, so what are your? So my preferred? go-to. Uh, well, it's changed over time, right? As a as a younger man. So when you were 13. It was beer. Right, it was it was beer or whatever we could get, we could find at in a in a liquor, liquor cabinet. Uh, when I was you know uh, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, kind of my core partying years. Uh, it I was, still can't see you as a party. It was uh, Zima. It was wine coolers. It was uh, usually some form of of mixed drink with vodka, like I, a I've sea been, breeze. I've been told to mention something called Gold Rush. Oh. That is, I've got PTSD over Gold Rush. Ooh, um, I need to know the story. You no, can tell you me after, we, it, after it, we're done. It starts with a bottle of Gold Rush and ends with uh, my entire, the contents of my stomach being emptied into a person's garden. So um, You know about me and my weeping over Oreos and my fondness <laughs> of bathtubs. You can give me a story. But what, there was a, there was a single intact fry. It was amazing. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> <laughs> that's good enough for that, now. That's good enough. So yeah, I think over time, uh, that that the perception of alcohol has, has definitely changed. Uh, I think now it's more socially acceptable. I think more money is being spent on on alcohol oh, than ever before. That's not even a thought. That is definitely right. def- like the uh, money has skyrocketed, but shame has also gone down. So I think the less people are ashamed of something, the more they're like yeah. open to buy it. Yeah. So I think what we might end up doing here, because I still think there's a lot to talk about with alcohol. Alcohol. Uh, and we might, you know, uh, look at branching off into, uh, you know, some related topics there. What I'd love to do is is solicit feedback from our listeners that we can read on air in the next episode. You mean a listener comments? A listener comment. So where can they comment, Meg? Well, if you're hip. Like me, oh. you have a Facebook. Don't try to be hip. I, t-shirts coming at some point in the future, possibly. I'm still waiting for my hoverboard. <laughs> Back to the future. Promise me a hoverboard and I do not have it. Uh, you don't have it quite yet. Quite it, yet. Well, no, they have hoverboards. They just catch on fire. <laughs> anyway. Okay, back to... If you want to tell us about your hoverboard stories where they caught on fire, you can find us at GenGapCast. In Facebook, so you just go up to that little search bar, type in Gen Gap Cast, and then you like our page, and then you can scream at us. So we'd love to hear your comments, your stories, your... You can also email us at info at GenGapCast.com. That's correct. They can do that as well. So For those of you that aren't hip and don't have a Facebook. <laughs> just the emails. I actually passed by a guy today that was trying to make the distinction between email and snail mail to the person on the phone. Uh, it was one of those. Were they a millennial? Uh, no, they were actually a Gen Xer. It was interesting. So I have no idea. Uh, like you can find this podcast wherever you find your podcasts. That's either at Apple iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or TuneIn uh, or iHeartRadio. And if you would, please go leave a review and a five star rating so that we can um, you know reach a wider audience. But uh, we'd love to hear your comments and your feedback, and we will read them in an upcoming episode. So uh, I guess I'll end it with, I'm Wade, I'm the dad. I'm Megan, I'm the daughter. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening.
Thank you.